Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on today's podcast. We've been examining the birth narrative, as they call it. <clears throat> the historical account that we have in Scripture of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just saw in the last episode where uh, Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. Remember that? And the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, Elizabeth just declares this stuff over Mary. It says, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how's it come to be that the mother of my Lord would come to me? And all this happened before Mary actually had a t- chance to tell her what had occurred, what was going on. And Elizabeth explains it. She says, you know, when I heard the sound of your greeting, the baby leaped in my womb. And blessed are you because you believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to you by the Lord. So the Lord revealed all this to Elizabeth. Well, what was Mary's response to that? Can you imagine? Luke 1, verse 46. And Mary said, (laughs) well, that makes it easy, doesn't it? (laughs) When it says there and says it that way. And Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. And again, this is a passage that is very, very familiar, uh, often called the Magnificat. Very familiar, musically speaking, because it's been set to a lot of different kinds of music. And Mary is just, and just a humility of what has happened to her and the humility of her spirit. She says this, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. There's several places in Scripture that show us that there is a distinction between the soul and spirit. We as humans literally are tripartite beings. We're made up of body and soul and spirit. Uh, The body we understand because everybody that lives has a body in some form or fashion, correct? Well, then you have the soul and the spirit. And a lot of times in Scripture, they're used somewhat synonymously. And so we're not quite sure whether we're dealing with this or that. Well, that's not what the issue is. Uh, there are places where it's very sharply, you know, Hebrews tells us that the word of God is so sharp, even to the cutting asunder of the soul and the spirit. In other words, they are closely intertwined, but there is a differentiation between them. Uh, this is the way I sort of think of it. The spirit is that which is us as the body. We are made as humans in the image of God. We are literally the image bearers of God. All other creation does not have the image of God. Okay, We're made in the image of God. And that is within the spirit. And so that spirit, which is each one of us, is in the image of God, God himself. God the Father is spirit. The soul is the seat of the emotions. That's where the emotions are. And we go, well, okay. And so sometimes you'll hear people say, well, they're they're moving within a soulish realm. They're moving within uh, the feelings and the emotion. That's also the reason that some animals have uh, a soul type thing because they have emotions. Your little puppy dog has emotions, okay? I kid people all the time. Your cat, I don't know. Yeah, cats have emotions, okay? Uh, uh, Some other animals do. We used to raise cattle and cows have emotions. Okay, you have sad cows, you have happy cows, okay? So what Mary was saying is my emotions, my soul exalts the Lord. Just exhausting. Can you imagine what she's experiencing and what she had been experiencing within the emotional realm? I mean, just being overwhelmed with that. And so she just laid it before the Lord and just exalted the Lord. And then she said, my spirit has rejoiced 
and God my Savior. So regardless, and this is so cool, regardless of what the soulish realm, okay, is wanting to do, you know, happy, sad, <coughs> up, down, etc. Like my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. She has determined I'm going to rejoice in this, <coughs> even though it's going to be difficult, even though, and we don't know exactly what the timing of all this is. When you read the scripture, it looks like she had received this understanding and that she left and she went to see Elizabeth. Uh, it doesn't say anything about checking with her mom and dad, which even if she had a mom and dad at that time, they both might have already gone to glory. We simply don't know. I would assume that she did check with her family. She was betrothed to Joseph. I would assume already that she had checked with Joseph. I don't know, and we don't know from the Scripture, if she told Joseph yet what had occurred to her. She very well may have. She may have said, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. And then you have all the things that occur with Joseph, which we'll look at later. And then she went to visit Mary. That may have happened. It may be that she went to visit Mary, and then she comes back three months later, and she's about maybe three and a half or four months pregnant, and she has to sit down with Joseph and say, hey, I got to tell you something here, baby, and explains that, you know, she's with child, but don't worry about it because God is the father. <laughs> Can you imagine that discussion right there? Okay. We simply don't know, but we do know what she says, that her emotions, her soul is exalting the Lord, and her spirit is rejoicing in God our Savior. That should be uh, the de facto position of each and every one of us as true believers. That is the way we should live. Verse 48, she says this, For, in other words, I'm doing this because he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, generations will count me blessed. And that's an interesting verse because it declares uh, exactly what's going to happen, but it's coming out of her mouth. And usually when somebody sits there and says, oh, well, yeah, I, somebody's having regard for my humble estate that I'm humble. The second you start talking about your humility, you've sort of blown it, right? And you say, well, maybe she's talking about something else. No, because she said, from this time on, generations will count me blessed. She knows what the scripture says. She knows who she is bearing. She knows what's going to happen and what his purpose is. And she knows that from then on, that for, for all time, that generations will count her to be blessed. And yet she's walking in humility for the fact that God had regard for her in her humble estate. She wasn't a princess. She wasn't a queen. And she acknowledges that she is his bond slave. And she says, from now on, generations will count me blessed. One more verse. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. This is just the first part of what Mary said, but just reflect upon it again. She says, my soul exalts the Lord. My spirit rejoices in him because he's looked upon me in my humble estate as his bond slave and has done this. And now all generations will count me to be blessed. She's acknowledging that she is blessed. Elizabeth's already said it to her twice, right? And then she says, why? For because the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mary and Elizabeth are just standing there in the doorway, just having a wondrous time of worship before the Most High God with one another. It really is a picture of how we should be worshiping day in and day out, how we should be living as the body of Christ. If we as true believers uh, live this way and, uh, and acted and spoke this way, 
the world would be drawn to the Messiah. Right now, too much of what we do rejects them, okay? Turns them away from the Most High God. But if we were to be filled with the Spirit and do what they were doing, how different things would be. I tell you what, we'll continue this account with Mary the next time. I'll see you then. Goodbye.